23, uh, beginning in verse 23, if you have it, say amen. amen. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay the tithe and of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law justice and mercy and faith, these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Blind guides leading, blind guides who strain out the gnat and swallow a camel. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for all that you've already done. Thank you for the praise and worship team and how our hearts did burn within as we we're ushered into your very presence, O oh God. We pray a special protection, spiritual protection over the music ministry right now. I lift up both the musicians. I lift up everybody that's a part of uh, the Encounter Worship team, O oh God. I pray that those who are in this audience that have the gift of uh, worship and singing, that they would make a commitment to use their gift even in this ministry, God, as you were speaking to their hearts. I pray for everybody here that none of us would leave the way we came. I pray, oh God, that there would be not a Christian here that is not putting their hand to the plow uh, by using their spiritual gifts that you've given them, Lord. Uh, if there's anybody that even has a question about how they would, could and would serve, may they raise that, and someone definitely will give them direction, for you have given us all an assignment, and you said we must work the works of him who sent us while it is day, for the night is coming when no man can work. We thank you and we bless you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Now, some of us, I mean, some of you, you older folks, uh, the expression being extra may sound unfamiliar. Being extra means to be over the top, to try too hard, to do more than is needed. It means to be excessive or controlling to the extreme. It means to overreact, to be hypersensitive emotionally. Being extra means to be extremely needy or demanding and acting out because you're disappointed because someone did not meet your expectation. Being extra, simply put, is majoring on the minors and minoring on the majors. In Matthew 23, verse 24, Jesus calls being extra straining out the gnat but swallowing a camel. It is consuming ourselves with the minute, the, the minuscule, the things that really don't matter, the, the small stuff. It's making a mountain out of a molehill, being extra, over the top, not needed, calm down, we, we got you, we don't need no more, back it up. Stop being extra. Being extra is also shooting a 16-year-old boy who accidentally 
knocks on the wrong door twice while being black. It's wildly shooting into the night at a car that is occupied by four young women who simply mistakenly drove into the wrong driveway and hitting one of the young women and snuffing out her life at the age of 24. Being extra is shooting a six-year-old in the face and both of her parents because her basketball rolled onto your property. Being extra is flying on a plane and a little baby starts to do what babies do. And you decide to cuss the baby out in such a way that the pilot literally has to turn the plane around and land the plane again and everybody has to exit the plane so they can put some handcuffs on you. That's being extra. Being extra is unfriending your best friend because she didn't sing happy birthday to you the way you sung happy birthday to her <laughs> the year before. It's making a decision that if I'm going to be miserable, so is everybody else. Being extra is one of those little things that can ruin everybody's day, can wreck a marriage, can wreck relationships, can make you avoid being around people, can change your mind about a church when people are being extra, straining the net and swallowing the camel. Jesus addresses this problem in Matthew chapter 23. Now, in chapter 22, there are a group of religious scholars who have conspired to ask Jesus trick questions so that they can publicly humiliate him and demonstrate to the crowd that has gathered that Jesus is inferior to them. The questions that they raised were theological in nature, and they were the types of questions that no one amongst their peers had been able to answer. But by the time Jesus gets finished with them, responding to their questions biblically, he literally could drop the mic. They had, the Bible says, from that time on, no one asked him any questions. So when we get to chapter 23, having silenced his critics about his knowledge of the word and his qualifications as the God-man, he commences to publicly undress theologically the same religious leaders who had attempted to expose him as a fraud. And on seven occasions in this passage, Jesus publicly to the face of the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, he says, you hypocrites. Jesus was not politically correct. He didn't care. He said, you fakes, you perpetrators. And he gives seven woes, and the woes are considered condemnations or statement of judgments or denunciations to say, I am not pleased, God is not pleased, and judgment will follow because you guys have been extra.
you have strained the gnat, concentrated on the minutia, and swallowed the camel, and ignored what really matters. You have replaced the commandments of God with the traditions of men. You have drawn near to God with your mouths, but your heart is far from me. And you act out when people do not respond according to the rules that you have made. Now, I want to share with you, first of all, what these religious leaders were being extra about. And I believe that as we look at their example of being excessive, doing what was beyond the need of the situation or in controlling, is that we will find similarities in our own life because I believe that we can all be extra from time to time. Some of you were being extra before you left home this morning, you know, not speaking and got your lips poked out and upset, but you love Jesus, being extra. Now, these religious leaders, we're going to learn, they were show-offs. They were walking billboards that demanded the attention of everybody that crossed their path. And even if you didn't, they would make sure that there was enough bling and enough excessive ornaments that you would have a very difficult time not recognizing them. They made rules for others in the name of God that they did not follow themselves. They were unfair in their expectations of others and pressured people to follow their rules. When we're being extra, we're actually putting pressure on people to get with our program. And sometimes getting with our program is not always overt, where somebody just is obviously being difficult. They're getting loud. They're getting obnoxious. Sometimes people can be covert, where they just become silent. They don't say anything. And you say, you're being extra right now. You need to say something. I want to read the portion of scripture beginning in verse 5 where it says, and this is a, the NIV translation, Every, everything you do is done for show. They act holy by wearing on their arms philatropies or little prayer boxes with scripture verses on the side. So what these religious leaders did, they wore these pouches, philatropies they were called, and it was like a leather pouch or a box, and inside the pouch was a parchment, or what we would call paper, and scriptures were written on the, on, on the parchment. And so they also had one on their forehead, but they supersized it. <laughs> this would be very small, but they had these large philatropies. And then they had these tassels on the end of their prayer shawl. And it was supposed to be minimally noticed. It wasn't supposed to stand out, but they had supersized tassels. So, so when they came in, you knew it was them because they had these gigantic boxes on their head and on their arm, and also, and they, they wanted people to see them as being holier than, than others. Uh, the scripture, and, the, and by lengthening the memorial fringes of their robes and how they loved to sit at the head of the table of a banquet, and in the reserved pews of the synagogue, they enjoy the deference paid them on the streets and to be called rabbi and master. So here are the four things that they cared about. 
in those verses. One of the things they cared about is that they wanted, they, they cared about what people said about them. They wanted people to say that they were holy. These were spiritual men. These were the elites. These were the guys. So they wanted people to talk about them in, favorite, in a favorable way. They wanted people, if they had a Facebook page, they wanted people to say, saw that, like that. They were on TikTok. They would, they would want to go viral because they would want people talking about them. Many of the violent acts that are occurring in major cities today start with what somebody said about another person on Facebook. And people are so concerned about being disrespected on Facebook that they will literally kill you because of what you said. And even if you apologize, even if you didn't mean it, the fact that other people saw what you said about them, that for them makes them judge, jury, and the expert because of what was said. We want people to talk about us. And we get upset. We get extra when they don't. Why don't they like what I said? I said they responded to so-and-so. Why not get some pictures? Why didn't they forward my stuff? Some of our children would choose suicide rather than life because of what was said about them on Facebook. People want to be talked about. People want to be noticed. And so when, we, when it becomes extreme, now you're being extra. Wait a minute. They, they, you don't, they don't really know you. You don't know them. They're not your friends. They're your fake friends. But when you want to be talked about and you feel rejected because people are not, and you, get, you start acting some kind of way, you're being extra. They also cared about how they looked. He says, everything that you do, you do it for show. They act wholly by wearing uh, the philatrophies and they, the extended bells and tassels on their prayer shawls. They were saying to the world about how they dress, look at me, Gucci, Versace, look at me. We will keep our car, we will use our car payment and our mortgage so that we can get extensions to look a certain way. <laughs> we'll be late on our rent and our car payment. We're gonna get those extensions. You get up and you go going to work and you getting your stuff on and you see a pimple in your face. I can't go to work today. Oh God! Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, how could that be? I just had a face when you got this big old. <laughs> we get extra when we don't think we look a certain way. We, I don't care how old we are. We're so self-conscious about our weight, about our appearance. We will wear the darkest colors, the biggest clothes, and we'll, we won't make eye contact with people. Because we're afraid they're going to see uh, this or that on us. We get real extra, and we, 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 we can't even relax around people that we say we love. Because we're concerned 
You don't grow out of that unless you grow spiritually. You can grow older without growing spiritually mature. They wanted people to be impressed with how they dressed. They wanted people to notice them. Now, there's nothing wrong with looking nice. But my mother used to say to me, she said, you believe anything somebody would tell you. <laughs> and she'd admit, I go, and I said, how do I look, Mom? You look OK. And I go back with something else. How do you look? No, nah, that don't look OK. I'm going to change five different times, because she said, she said, you believe anything somebody tell you. <laughs> I don't care how nice you look. If you don't think you do, you don't. And if you being extra, you're going to, you, you need somebody, certain people to acknowledge. They didn't even notice I had new glasses on. You didn't even notice you had new glasses on. But if somebody that was so inattentive, so uncaring, so unloving, didn't he see my new hairdo? He just got a ponytail. What's the difference? <laughs> and you just switched it to the other side. What's the difference? <laughs> We're more concerned about looking good than living good and, 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 and being healthy. We want God, we want to be healthy. This is the temple of God. And God says, My spirit dwells in you. Do not defile, take care of your body. Don't worry, because the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed every day. Let your adornment, let your beauty be from the inside out. Because God looks at the inward man. Man looks at the outward appearance. Don't be extra about how you look. The Lord put on my heart to help a young man. He, he was wearing the same clothes for a whole year, every single day, 365 days. He wore the same outfit. So I said, you know what? Do something. So I can't. It's $350. And back then, that was like 15 That was money. $350. I said, look, look, get in my car. I'm going to take you to get some clothes. So I took him to Walmart, Kmart, and to Tarzay. And every time we went into those stores, he looked at me like I had four heads. I said, what is the, so what's the problem? He said, well, I don't wear those kind of clothes. I said, look, I'm a busy man. Take the money. I'm going to go sit out in the parking lot. You come back. When, you, when you're ready, just let me know. So he finally contacted me. He was ready. And he had purchased He got three. He got a pair. He got one shirt, a pair of pants, and some Tims for $350. He chose to get one outfit rather than wear nine designer clothes. We got it. We, we, our kids got it bad. We wouldn't even consider buying our kids not designing clothes. They see little three-year-old, little three-month-old kids wearing $75 Jordans. Yeah, I'm, 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 that's on the, the downside. What are we doing? And you raise them to, to expect to be entitled because now they're defining themselves by what they wear rather than who they are. You're teaching your children to be extra. They wanted people to compliment them for how they looked. We got this. 
Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. They also cared about VIP treatment. They loved to sit at the head of the table at banquets and reserve pews in the church. They had their names on the pews. They had certain designated spots. Now, there's nothing wrong with designated spots and honoring, giving honor to whom honor due. But that's an honor. It's a privilege. It's not automatic. It's not something you should demand. It's something that should be offered to you. It's something that should be offered to you. They expected the front seat. They would get out of sorts if they didn't get the special seats. They wanted to be treated. Uh-oh, then the pastor's entourage and support the pastor, love the pastor. But that's a privilege. It's an honor. It's not something I demand or a pastor should demand. Somebody say amen. Here's what it was. They thought they were better than the other people. They felt that we are superior. We are above you. We are, we, we are more superior. We're, we're, you are peons, and we are. They were, they expected VIP treatment. I, a pastor friend of mine, he was sharing, he was teaching vacation Bible school in, in Philadelphia one summer. And after he got done, he lived in Delaware, just in a brand new development subdivision, house built from the ground up, and his children went to VBS in Philly. And he asked his son, would you pray to close us out? And his son stood up to pray, and he said, God, I thank you that I don't have to live in this ghetto, nor do my siblings like these other people <laughs> that, that we come to Philadelphia to see. And the pastor was like, Oh, my goodness. Now, where in the world would a kid get that kind of verbiage? Thank God I don't live in a ghetto like these jokers do. I don't have to stay here. I can go home. And I only come because I have to. We are teaching our children that where you live makes you who you are. What you drive makes you superior. Where you go to school and who your friends are makes you better. It doesn't make you better. It just means that you're different. It means that you have privileges and honors that some others may not have, but you're no different from them. Where you live doesn't make you better. Most often, in many instances, I'd say, it actually makes you worse because now we're looking down on people. We're driving through Wilmington with our windows rolled up, and we got tenant windows so nobody can look in and even see us. We're going to church. We're going to raise Jesus. We're going to have a Holy Ghost time of the Lord. Look at them. How did they get like that? What a shame. When are they going to stop that? I hope they don't move in my neighborhood. Oh, they can't afford where I live. We're teaching our children to be extra. They also cared about titles and positions. Jesus says, don't call anybody rabbi. Don't call them father. We're all brothers. He said, call me teacher. Call God teacher. Now, he wasn't saying that it's wrong to give honor to whom honor is due. Titles explain roles, not our worth. <laughs> we just do different things. We're no more valuable in the eyes of the Lord. We all come to Christ at the foot of the cross. 
but we're different parts of the body of Christ. And so even with titles and positions, it's not something that you seek or demand because the Jesus said, here's how it works. The greatest among you shall be the servant of all. So the more opportunity for authority you have, the greater your responsibility is to serve. So you just got more people to serve. And so they, they were extra about titles. Oh, they, rabbi, doctor, oh, yeah, bishop, apostle, potentate, pope, cardinal. When we stand before the Lord, he's not going to be talking about bishop, arch, arch, uh, 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 apostle. He's going to say, well done, thy good and thy faithful servant. Lord said, it is required of a steward. We are all stewards to be found faithful to execute the call of God on your life. And so they were into how we look, what people said about us, getting VIP treatment, titles and credentials. Is that, is it, are you guilty of that? Do you get extra when you get promoted? Do you get extra if somebody don't call you Reverend, Dr., Bishop? Go home where they call you Billy <laughs> or Bob or whatever they call you. I know who we got. Mr. <laughs> Bill is Billy as Evangelist Billy. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I have a, one of my Hispanic brothers. Uh, he was sharing that somebody at a barbecue mentioned his name in a derogatory way. He's a pastor. He said, I stepped on. I said, you did what? I said, he said, well, you have one more time to mention my name. <laughs> he said, I wonder, I said, you, you didn't, you what? Because he did what? I said, you were being extra. You're being extra. I know who I am. Amen. Jesus washed the foot of the disciples. He is the son of God. But he humbled himself. He took on the form of a bond servant, and he suffered in our place on the cross, not because he had to, but because he knew who he was. Do you know who you are? Your title does not make you who you are. Your position, where you're located on the floor with your office, that does not make you who you are. You die today, they're going to put somebody right in your office. And they're not going to miss a beat. I hope that doesn't happen at the church. Pastor die. Oh, who's the next guy up? <laughs> Remember me for a couple weeks. Now, why is being extra dangerous? Let me share some things, again, from the experience of these folks who wanted to be the center of attention. How many of you know there's only one star? Amen. And it ain't us. At best, we are spotlights. And at our best, all we're doing as spotlights is shining our little light on the real star who is Jesus. That's why the Bible said, let your light so shine before men. Let your little spotlight shine before men that they may see the real star who is Jesus and give glory to God. Somebody say amen. amen. 
Now, here's why being extra is dangerous, by giving your family fits and making them be uncomfortable and have to tolerate you and avoid upsetting you and what mood are you in today and what spirit am I dealing with today? Let me share some reasons why that's, that's let me just put like, it's messed up when we're being extra. Now, I said we all can be extra. Amen. Just ask our spouses. Here's the first reason. The reason why being extra is dangerous is because impressing people rather, it, 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 its focus is on impressing people rather than pleasing God. It says you do all that you do to be seen. So the goal of being extra is sucking the air out of the room and you becoming the center of the universe. Everybody's paying attention to me now. I know how many people that I've been in the room, they died, and somebody said, well, my sister comes, she's going to be extra. I said, okay. She said, just open the door. So you open the door, and they go, like somebody shot them out of a rocket. And they jump in the bed with the deceased person, literally. And they snotting, and I mean, literally. And, and the person can't even be dead because you got to now worry about this person, this this. This relative who jumped in the bed, you know, are they going to do DTs or, you know, are they drug, you know, whatever. It becomes about them. And the cold, the cold thing about they haven't seen that person in years. But all their works are done to be seen. We really enjoy putting on a show when we're being extra, when we think we look good, we sounding good and smelling good, our car's clean, you don't see us now. <laughs> I was uh, driving down to uh, Maryland and just got, our, just got my car, my car, my car, my car. <laughs> I was happy to have it down there doing the wedding, and I turned into the uh, drive window. But it called the parking lot, tore up the rims, all of them. The Lord said, now you know, it's just a car. Always have been, always will be. And I've, I've actually thought that way, but I didn't like that I tore up those rims. <laughs> Somebody say amen. I ain't the only one like that either. <laughs> How many of you know that God is a jealous God? And he ain't sharing his glory with anybody else. He's not going to compete with you. And so when you try to impress people rather than please God, we're more concerned about what people think than what God thinks. We go home and put on our demon suit and then come to church and we got on our angel suit. You didn't act like Beelzebub at home. Impressing people. Every, oh, that's just a so-and-so, brother so-and-so. They just love Jesus. And their family saying, you just don't know. they extra at home. <laughs> and so when you, it's dangerous because you put people above God. When you make it about you. How many times you've been talking to somebody and you say, look, I got, I got stabbed, I got shot. And then they say, yeah, and my foot hurts. <laughs> I'm hurt. <laughs> I'm dying. Can I die? Can, can you die later? 
it doesn't always have to be about you. Be careful when somebody comes to you to talk to you that you don't somehow flip it back to you. They're talking to you about themselves. Here's the second thing. The door of eternal life is closed to the loss when it's about us, when we're being extra. Listen to what the scripture says. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourself, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. When we, when we are not following Jesus, people can't see Jesus. The Bible says you are written epistles being read of men. The Christ that people see first is you being the message. And so when I'm not showing them Jesus because I'm on the throne of my life, you are closing the door of salvation to the lost. Being next. The door of eternal life is closed to the lost when it's about you. Here's another thing that happens. Vulnerable manipulated into letting you have your way when you're being extra. Listen to what the scripture says in verse 14. It says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Here we go. He says, you devour widows' houses, the vulnerable, the weak, the gullible, and for pretense make long prayers. So they, but when they, you act extra and then you spiritualize it when people tolerate and feel, feel intimidated by the pressure and they give and he says you devour the house of widows, people who trust you because you're a reverend, people who trust you because you say you're a Christian and then they let you, you end up using your status in the scriptures to manipulate them into giving you what you want. He said, you devour the houses of, of widows, and then you make long prayers, and then you say, God gave. God didn't give you that. You just had a pity party. You just pouted. You just had a temper tantrum, and, and, and you're going to quit the ministry. If you don't give me my way, I'm quitting the ministry. Okay, see that dog? Don't let it hit you where the good Lord created you. God doesn't need any of us, including me. I'm not going to use my position to manipulate you to get what I want and then use scripture to justify it. That's what the religious leaders were doing. They were being extra to get their way and people were caving in. When people that we love go into their pouch and they don't think talking to you for weeks and they ain't going to do right and they're going to make you just feel their pain, that's manipulation. That's a foul spirit. That ain't God. The Bible says that, the, that, 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 that one of the things that, that, that the, the devil does is that he is the one who is who he, he creeps in to divide. He creeps in to divide. And that's not the word that I'm looking for. But he is the one who sows seeds of discord among the brethren. And when you withhold by manipulating, that's what you're doing. Here we go. Here's the fourth thing. Spiritual growth in the lives of new Christians is disrupted when you're acting extra. When they can't see Jesus, listen to what the scripture says in verse 15. It says, you travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. We produce disciples after our people. What, the fruit that we produce in people's lives will be what they see in our lives. 
So he says, you travel over land and sea, and you actually convince somebody to become a member of Judaism. But then when you get them, you, 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 you put upon them these false rules that are not biblical, and by putting you, you prevent the people that would be converted from growing. When you make it about you, people can't see Christ, and therefore they will not grow spiritually, starting with your own children. What kind of Christ-like example are you showing your children at home? You can prevent a person saved from growing, and they ultimately turn away from the church because you don't act like church when you ain't at church. They're converted. They're saved. But as soon as they get old enough, they ain't coming back. Now, I'm not saying that every child that doesn't come back is their parents' fault because Cain and Abel, God was the best parent that was ever created. God, not, God wasn't created, but God is the best parent that there is. But Adam and Eve disobeyed God as their heavenly father. And so if they can disobey God, our children surely will and can disobey us. But when we don't live for Christ and they don't see an example, we can prevent them from growing and ultimately confirming that they're actually saved. He says, they now are going to the same place you are, Pharisee. They're going to hell like you are. When, you are, when it's about you, when you're acting extra, people can't see Christ, and they will not grow. They will not desire spiritual maturity. Here's, here's the next to the last one. Majoring on minors and minoring on the majors cause us to focus on the physical rather than the eternal. And when you get a chance, here's what the religious leaders had done. They said, if you swear against the temple, the sanctuary, or the altar, you can change your mind, even though the temple, the sanctuary, and the altar are connected to God because they all belong to him. But if you make a vow to give money to the sanctuary, to the, then you are obligated to keep your vow. And if you don't keep your vow, you are in violation of being holy. And so Jesus said, wait a minute. The money is temple, but the temple and the sanctuary and the altar are, are an example on earth, a spiritual example of God's presence on earth. And so what happens when it's about you, you only are focused on what people can see, what people will give you credit for, and you ignore the eternal because that is what ultimately God is going to reward us for what we have done for the, as the Spirit of God has led us. Does that make sense to you? They emphasize the money the temporal, and they just they minimize the importance of, if you say, if you tell God you're going to do something, when, you, when God calls you into the ministry and you say, Lord, I'm committed, that's a vow. That's a promise. And God expects for you to keep your promise, and if you don't, there's a consequence. If you tell somebody you're going to give them money and you don't, they may not like you, but that ain't going to have no eternal consequence. Stay with me. Majoring on the minors and minoring on the majors. Here's another thing. And failing to deal with personal sin. In verse 26, it says, blind Pharisees first cleanse out the inside of the cup. They clean the outside. They look great coming to church. Oh, man, they look so holy and sanctified. 
I, I was talking about the sister who came to church one Sunday. She went up to the altar. The first thing they did, they took her earrings off, they wiped her lipstick off, took her makeup off, took her eyelashes, started doing all that stuff. And, and they started praying over, trying to make her speak in tongues. She said she ran out of the church like somebody was chasing her with guns. And so their idea of what it meant to be clean is to look the part outside. No makeup, no earrings, no lipstick. That means you're holy. And then you go cut somebody out outside the church. <laughs> what the Lord is saying, the cup is clean on the outside, but what really is the issue is that you haven't done. When we're being extra, we, we, we don't respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We don't feel bad about what we're doing because we're getting what we want when we are pressuring people by being extra. He said, clean out the inside. Deal with your own stuff. Deal with your own stuff. We're moving on. Here's the final thing. Self-deception can cause you to think that you're spiritual. He says, you're like white, white painted sepulchers, graves. And what, the, what, the, what these religious leaders did, they would paint the outside of a, of a, of a grave, the, the, the cave, and it would be white. And, be, and, and so... Because it was white, it looked great. He said, but inside of the grave, there are dead bones. There's rotting flesh. He said, now, you, you, you look like on the outside, you look great, but on the inside of you, I see rotting bones. Deception. You actually think, he said, you're blind. You actually think that keeping rules, and that's the danger of religion. You can do Certain things that you, you, you are expert in churchianity, but you're not an expert in following Jesus. That you get so used to being religious that you mistake religion for being righteous. And that's why you can be unforgiving. That's why you can be uncaring. That's why you can be, un, you can be mean like these Pharisees. They were religious, but they were not righteous. Self-deception is you're blind guys leading the blind, thinking that your religious acts Here's fine. I keep saying fine. The judgment of God is going to come upon you when you're extra. All this social media, I praise God that we can go out and people are watching us and we're hoping that folks are going to continue to grow and be discipled because they're not here and they can't be here. But you need to keep your business as your business. Spend more time using that medium to tell people about Jesus. Get creative about telling them about Jesus. Divine judgment will come upon those who make life all about themselves. That's what social media has become. It said, look at me. Ain't I impressive? Come on now. Didn't I make your day? No. I don't know how many people have gotten robbed and, and even killed because of what they publicize on social media. I'm, I'm, in, I'm here. I'm there in your house. It's, it's unguarded. Some things should be private. Somebody say amen. Now, how, how to stop being extra? Here's how we're going to finish this. Stop pri prioritizing the temple, your looks, what people say about you, what you wear, where you've been, who you know. Stop making that your priority. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Go somewhere and buy something from Target. Or, or, uh, uh, or some of these other places, Walmart. And just wear for wear some guitar. Just see how you feel. Are you going to be any less of a person because you didn't get your jeans at the high-end store? 
See how you respond. I had a guy, he said, here's how he would never get attached to things. If he said somebody liked what he had, he would give it to him. I said, I'm going to take him up for it. I said, man, that tie sure looks good. <laughs> he took off his tie and he gave it to me. It was like a $400 tie. I didn't feel, I mean, he, as he said, he wasn't attached to it. You stay on a boat that's that's sinking to hold on to your clothes. Mm. I don't know how many people got killed because they wouldn't give up their Jordans. Refuse to allow Satan to prevent people from seeing Christ because of you. Can people see Jesus in your life? Is there enough evidence if you went to court today to prove that you are saved? Refuse to let Satan prevent people from seeing Christ because of you. Stop majoring on the minors. Don't be petty. You don't, the Bible says, as much as it lies within you, you keep the peace. It takes two. You don't have to fight. A soft answer turns away anger. You can make something that somebody made a mistake that said they didn't mean it, but don't make, take it to heart. You mentioned, I know you did. You try to hurt me, and you just, just you laugh real loud with them. It was funny. <laughs> and if you had said it about me, I would have been laughing too. Stop majoring on the mind. Stop being petty. Don't sweat the small stuff. You still know every detail when he, the perfume he was wearing. I know the shoes. I know how he sounded when he walked, when he said it, when she did it. What are you doing? You're being extra. Don't use your position or title to manipulate people to get your way. Confess the sin of selfishness. That's what it is. It's, you're selfish. Yeah, I'm telling you to your face, you're selfish. You should be making people's lives better and easier, not harder. How am I calling you selfish? I'm putting myself in the category. The Bible says, esteem the interests of others above your own. That's scripture. Remember, you aren't who you pretend you are. You're not who you pretend you are. Be real in Jesus. Be real in Christ. Stand with me. I shared with you some time ago, we had a guy named Harry. I can still see him. We'd be in the schoolyard, and when the, when the rims were still on the backboards, because people seemed to love tearing the rims down and leaving them on the ground, <laughs> and then you have to shoot the ball against the, the backboard. <laughs> That's how we played against the backboard. He would come to the schoolyard, there'd be about 25 to 30 guys standing on the sideline. He'd be the only one who had a basketball. Harry had to be in every single game. And every time the ball touched his head, he shot and he could not shoot. And whatever team he was on, they lost. But when the game was over and new people were supposed to play, he would not leave the court. You had to pick him for your team. And then when, the, when he got tired of losing, 
he would just take his ball and leave all 30 of us on the sideline saying, don't go, Harry. <laughs> Harry was extra. But we had to tolerate a gunner, somebody selfish, hoping and praying that he wouldn't take his ball, because if he took his ball, we couldn't play. Are you Harry in your church? Are you extra? People just hope you're not going to take your marbles and go. Are oh, they wishing you would take? <laughs> Don't be Harry. Don't be extra. If you're going to be extra on the positive side, be extra super excited about Jesus. Be extra excited about sharing with Christ. And my question as I close, when is the last time you told anybody about Jesus? Why you got to always be talking about you? You're comfortable with that, but the Jesus who gave you life, the one who keeps you standing, the one who provided that job, that house that you live in, the food that you eat, the clothes that you wear, a mind to get up and put them on, that's the Jesus we ought to be celebrating. Stop being extra. Let's pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, we need you. Father, we all, from time to time, can be extra. We just ain't happy. It ain't feeling right. Father, may we recognize in those times that we still need to be like Jesus. Help us, oh God, to put him first in our marriages, in our relationships. Allow him to take control over our thought life. Father, right now, I pray that we would not be continuing to hold on to things that people have done to us. That's being extra because you don't do that. God, I pray that we would be kind one to another, forgiving one another, tenderhearted, just like you have been towards us through Jesus. God, help us to extend the same grace that we so readily receive. May we, may we extend it to others. May we be patient. May we be kind in our words and in our actions. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. As you are standing.